Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in the world champion Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, now is a good time. The next segment's a good time. And at the very end of the show, in between then, we'll be doing some interviews. Kind of beca- It's become a weekly Friday conversation with Gerald Broussard. We'll be talking to Gerald about 935 and then at the top of the next hour, we'll be talking Karen Crow High football coach Tony Corville, whose Bears can be heard tonight on Z1059. And they are playing at number one, Warren Easton. And then we'll be at 1015, talk to Notre Dame head football coach Louis Cook about the Pios. You know, the pie, it's not that uncommon. It's like we we kind of talk about the Pios at the beginning of the year because they're playing, you know, over the years, teams like in Lafayette Parish. Some, you know, they play Turlings and they played Brobridge in the past and different teams like that 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 we talk about fairly often. And, and then they go do the Jeff Davis or Calcasieu Parish, whatever, swing in their district, which, you know, is a, not – a lot of familiarity here and then and then the playoffs start and so we'll see um they sur- they survived against Lake Charles College Prep and and now they're playing Episcopal and we'll we'll catch up with the Pios with coach Cook. So I watched a little bit of football not very much yesterday. I mean I watched a little bit of each game. I didn't watch Probably, I didn't even watch half of any of them. I watched a little bit of each game just to kind of every once in a while seeing what's going on. And the teams that I think most people thought were going to win won. Now, all the games were reasonably competitive. I mean, I, I guess on on paper, you're like, well, there's a couple games here that may not be real close. And they were all pretty reasonably competitive, so it was good. And, uh, you know, the Lions have improved. There's no doubt that they've gotten better their defense is still not good but it's not like deplorable right now they've had a couple of weeks where the defense has, has competed at least and their offense has some ability um for someone who's got deandre swift on a fantasy team i'm like uh when is this gonna start happening so i'm a little concerned about that but you know, for he, he started out pretty good and then he got hurt and now he's not really part of their offense too much. So I you know, I don't know how that's gonna play out long term, but and it's extra frustrating because I had Jamal Williams last year thinking that that would work and he didn't do anything and now he's having this great season. But anyway, it's the way that stuff goes. Um and so, any thoughts you have on any of the NFL, the college games? I mean, I 
like I said on Wednesday when we talked with Koki, I, I think arguing over who should be five and who should be six is just a waste of time. It's silly. I mean, it's going to take care of you. Now, if LSU didn't have – if they both didn't have conference championship games and in USC's case, you know, Notre Dame to play, I, I, I would – you know, then maybe you could argue that. If all the games have been played, you could argue it. But, I mean, it, it, it's not going to matter because the what what happens on the field is going to take care of that. So, to me, that's just silly for people to be worried about that. But, anyway, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the games tomorrow. I'm going to be traveling to San Marcos tomorrow. And we'll see what happens there. And, again, we'll be talking about that Cajun matchup with Texas State with Gerald um, in about a half hour or so. So we'll see. Uh, we'll get Gerald's thoughts on that. I, I think I think it's a little tougher game on matchup. I, there's something about this matchup that I don't love. And so uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that again in about a half hour. For now, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. All right, happy holidays and all that to you. I hope you enjoyed. I know you enjoyed. I know you did. Well, I, I ate good food. I got to tell you, there was some sort of kind of dessert concoction yesterday that I don't think I've oh. ever had. It was kind of uh, like a cream cheese, and then on top was like this mm. brown with pecans, like a like a mm. praline kind of topping with the cream cheese that you put like apples and stuff into. And so yeah. I loaded plenty of that on some apples yesterday and ate a ton of it. It was good. I oh, it was good. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Because I remember what it was. The day before Thanksgiving, y'all was talking about food. I text you. You know, Hannah and all of them, don't worry about them. And them callers, they don't know good food. Y'all talking about Oreo cookies and chocolate chip. They don't know good food. We know Miss Hannah definitely don't. She eat dry noodles. So I mean, <laughs> that says it all. I don't know. I mean, you, y'all need to start giving classes over there, tutoring classes. You should be the instructor. Oh, no, because. no. I, 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 that, that's one thing I know is how to eat, yes. Yeah, I, I got to give it to you, Foot. You know, I always told you that. And I, I, I tell you, Foot, you, you, ain't, you ain't wrong when it comes to food, but you might need to be an instructor for some people over there because they don't know about good food, Foot. I, I don't know what's wrong with them. Foot, <laughs> <laughs> I called because of my text I've been sending you because I know you don't like Baker, but we got to be fair. Be fair. Now, let's put off a side about leadership. Let's put off a side that you don't like the guy or about his personality or whatever. I'm talking about the He's player not good. on the field. The player on the field. I sent you just this year alone. They have the same stat. And one was five years in the league, the other one seven years in the league. And consistently they have the same stat. So they both reach their ceiling. So if you call one of them good, one of them trash. They both can only be one because they have the same stats. So if Baker is trash, then Dak is trash. If, ba- if you're saying that Dak is good, well, people, period. If people saying Dak is good, that makes Baker good. They have the same stats. The only thing changes is the helmet that the person is wearing. You know, like I know, if Dak was playing for another team, not them Cowgirls, Cleveland or Houston, people would say Dak is trash because you have the same stats as Baker. Well, yeah, and that happens a lot. Now, again, you know, I've told y'all about stats before. I mean, that you you, you got you got to put it through a filter. I mean, leadership does matter. Uh, having <clears throat> some character does matter. 
Uh, mm. Baker has a zero character. He has zero leadership skills. And so he's not – I would never want him on my team. But 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 the kind of defense mm. you have, the kind of coaching you have, the kind of weapons mm. you have around you, the kind of offense, all of that plays into how good of a quarterback he is or not good. I mean, Baker okay. played – in those two, one or two years that he had a little success with the Browns, they were playing really good defense and they could run the football. How hard is it to play quarterback if you got good defense and you run the football? That's the same thing Dak has since he's been in Dallas, right? No, I, I, I agree. Line. Dak is one of those guys, if you put him on a bad team, he's going to be a bad quarterback. I agree. No, he's a baker. He's a baker. That's what he is. He's a baker in Dallas. He's trash. Yeah, but he's got a stronger arm than Baker. I think he's he's better. Than Baker. I just need you to put your hate off the side for the guy. It's like he's, saying I don't I, I, I don't I don't have any great love for Dak, but I, I mean I don't like Baker, but I but I don't like him because he's a punk. But in terms of evaluating the quarterback, I think Dak's a little better than Baker. A little better, I give a, a, a little nip, but the stat says it's the same. The same. I showed it to you. The same. Just this a year alone. One played, what, six games? The other one played, like, uh, five, something like that. One one shirt, the other one, but the same stats. You know? And when you look over the career, same stats. The guys both read their ceiling. It's just Jerry said, because he wore that cowgirl uniform, Jerry said, Jerry said, Jerry said. Who give a care what Jerry said? The numbers don't lie. That's all I'm saying, Foot. Okay. Basically trash. Dak is trash. Who that? Later, foot. All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the man is trash. I think Baker is. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Why are you listening to all that? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you listening to that? That man, I told that man he was crazy. I told him. I said, man, he's not even on the same level with Dak Prescott, Baker Mayfield. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I mean, I I just don't know. Let's just enjoy the holidays and the how the holiday was capped off with that Viking victory, huh? Nobody cares about the Cowboys right now or Baker Mayfield or Dak Prescott. Let's enjoy that Thanksgiving victory last night. That was the key moment I of the saw whole a little day. Bit of the you know se- how good, Kevin, do you know how good a turkey roll tastes on the same day when you watch the Patriots lose? You know how good a turkey roll tastes? I can imagine. Yes, I can imagine. Man, talk about some good food. And look, it made it even sweet. I ate like three times yesterday, Kevin, and I drank like a couple of beers, you know, but I wasn't I wasn't serious enough to watch the game to know what I was looking at. And they lost, Kevin. That was really sweet on Thanksgiving. I understand. So I just think if they could play again on Christmas Day and get another loss on Christmas Day, we could all watch that. Especially for me. Talk about a bag of presents. That will be one big bag of presents. The Bozos lost. And they, and they had it, Kevin. They had it, Kevin. They had it. But Minnesota pulled it out at the end. Mr. Justin and Mr. Cousins took them down, Kevin. And that was so sweet for me. Turkey roll, you know, cornbread dress, and everything was much more filling. It just went down the belly. No, and the I understand. Belly got a little bit more swole than, than like a normal day. You know when you eat a big meal during the week and you get tired at work and you like feel like you got to like kind of bloat it up? Yeah. But yesterday was a good bloat. It was like it was a good swell. Like, the, you know, the swell was great. I the can, heartburn I can imagine. No, I get it. I get it. It was great, Kevin. So don't let Paul ruin the holiday spirit with Dak Prescott. He's been on Dak Prescott. You see what it is right now? Dak Prescott got him shook up right now. He's been saying, Dak, not this. Dak can't do this and Dak he, can't do this. Dak had a pretty good game yesterday. And Dak always played a pretty good quarterback. I mean, like I told him, it's a team game. Your quarterback can't play great every week. 
Okay? So stop looking at what people say about the stats. Stats don't really mean nothing. You can put up big stats and lose. So if I'm putting up 260 and throwing two, three touchdowns and I can still win, okay, what's the difference between I throw 370 and I lose? So I'm like, that don't really mean nothing. So don't listen to what Paul said. I he, told him he, he, just he hates the Cowboys he's like you hate. He's not in the holiday spirit. He's not, he, he not in the holiday spirit right now. The man just mean. He hates Dak Prescott, Dak proving him wrong, and he's a Nick fan. That's all you need to know. Have a good one, okay. Kevin. Enjoy the holidays. Okay, you too. See, Rockefeller hates the Patriots. Paul hates the Cowboys. That's just part of the deal. You know, it's part of the deal. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Hey, Kevin. All right. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Could try back uh, in the next segment. Well, for now, we'll take a timeout, and we'll come back. And look I, again. I, I have a rule: everybody has one team that they can be irrational about. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna allow you to be irrational. Um, I think Dak's a little better. Even a non-QW like myself, I, I I can't go that Dak and Baker are on the exact same plane. I, I I can't I can't I can't do it. But I'm fine with it. Everyone has a team they can be irrational about. I'll give you a break. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Champion Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about our Christmas comes early sweepstakes, where if you join the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, you could win a $500 Visa gift card thanks to Armentar Jewelers. But again, it's that easy, but you can't win if you don't join. So join, and you might win. Really put a big smile on your face even if Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback for your favorite team. Um, Christmas come early sweepstakes powered by Armitar Jewelers and the gay 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Man, you know, I try not to, when I'm right about something we've been arguing with someone, I try not to spike the football and dance and all that. It's it, it, it's just not it's not cool. But it I do admit every once in a while I think man it would be nice to have a conversation with all these Cleveland Brown fans who were drilling me years ago because I questioned the fact that Baker Mayfield was not a first round talent. I would love to have a conversation with a few of those people right now. Let's put it that way. Anyway. I would be nice and kind, but they would understand the point. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. Howdy. How are you? Oh, you know, hanging in there. I'm um, looking at uh, making another trip to Texas. We'll see what the Cajuns can do. And then I'm just kind of dreading this game Sunday afternoon because on paper it's a mismatch. And 
I don't know how much fun that's going to be to watch, but we'll see. Yeah, you well, you never know. Did you watch some football yesterday? I watched a little bit of each game, but not a lot of each game. Did you catch the end of uh, the uh, Detroit game? I did. I did. I was watching the last half of the fourth quarter, yes. I did see the end yeah. of the Detroit you think, game. You think Campbell apologized to his team for losing a game? or? Uh, I doubt he did. I- but I don't. Yeah, did he but but did, in in our opinion because we think a lot. Did he butcher the end of the game or what? Well, he that did. Was a shame. I, I hate really going was. deep in short yardage situations. Now, uh, you know, I get. You think he? I was trying to think what he was thinking. You think he was thinking? You know, I don't really like my chances from here on out. Uh, and if we lose the toss, I know they're just going to go down the g- field and end the game. So I'm trying to try to score a touchdown. And you think that's what he was thinking? Like, I got to be aggressive here because if not, I'm going to lose. Of course, he was aggressive and he still lost. I get that. But I'm trying. You think that's what he was thinking? Well, if you're going to be aggressive and you're going to, most of the time on third and one or less than one, if you throw that pass, you're going forward on fourth down. Okay. I mean, you got two plays to get a little bit less than a yard, and you're knocking them off the ball, and you're really running the football pretty good. You know, you're going to throw a pass that's probably got an 8% chance of completion. I just, I just didn't see it. No, and then, I, I mean, know, again, I hate, realize, I hate it. You got it. three I'm, timeouts on the other side and 25 seconds left, and look who the quarterback is with a, with a pretty decent kicker. You're going to make that call? He yeah. was playing for the tie which to me was stupid because he let too much clock run out. Why was he letting clock run run out when, you know, I, I thought they were moving the ball well. I really did. Well, they were, I but, just, I mean, you had to kick the field goal. You couldn't go for it on fourth down. I mean, I – Well, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not so sure if I wouldn't have went for it on fourth down because there was no doubt in my mind that unless something stupid was going to happen – the end of the, the game was going to end the way it did because he you get you give a Josh Allen five or six plays against a defense that's not that great. Right. He's got three timeouts with twenty five seconds left. You can run at least five plays. They only needed thirty five yards. Hell, they got it on the first play. What what, what I don't you know, what I, I don't get though that. again you can you can throw without throwing such a low percentage pass exactly. But if you run it, you're gonna at least make them lose it lose a timeout they're going to use that timeout right there for sure and i'd much rather get less than a yard by running it rather than having to throw it i just didn't understand it i I couldn't i couldn't wrap i couldn't wrap around it a lot of times as a coach i try to see well maybe he's thinking of this i've yet to see what he's thinking about i just i just well i think he was just playing being aggressive but again i i think you could have thrown you only need a one yard. There's a lot of high percentage passes you can get one yard just throwing the ball down the field like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought it was stupid. I'm just saying. I, I mean, he's throwing it up for grabs right there, basically. And man, yes. I, you know, I just, I, I would have, I would have said, I'm taking that shot. But you know what? That's a little bit too much time. We're if we're gonna tie it, they're not touching it again. But I didn't even like playing for the tie because. I know if they get the ball back, they're gonna score. Right. That's they do it all the time. So I, I just. I don't know. I was on the other end, and I didn't. To me, I talked to a couple people that watch football and stuff, and they were all thinking along my lines. I I agree, but I I think the idea that if they, if I give them the ball back, they're going to score was in his mind. 
I, I think that's why he was aggressive. I just hate the play call. Yeah. Well, I just I just think he could have got the yard myself. And if you're gonna kick it, if you're gonna kick it, then you're not they're not getting the ball back. There's gonna be three, four, five seconds left. You're not gonna get it back, which was what the first down would allowed him to do. That I had to use all that time out right. and get the ball back with ten seconds. Right. Nine seconds left. And, you know, he just didn't give him that opportunity by the play selection that he did. When you now, have a back like just, Swift who can catch the ball out the backfield, uh, I just think you got to utilize him right there. Exactly. I mean, yeah. if I got to throw it, which I would have never thrown it in that situation, I, they were running the ball. He's got two good running backs that run hard. I would have just – he's playing against a front that's not that great against the run. I mean, I, I just would have took the chance. I, I, that would have been me. I would have – I would have ran the ball. And you know what? Right there when he went forward on fourth down, it wasn't a chip shot. Hell, he just made the field goal. I would have probably said to hell with it. We got nothing to lose. We're going for it right here on fourth down. We're not kicking the field goal. Because they got too much time left with all those time. Man, you could quarterback sneak twice and get one yard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but you got to get positive yards on third down to make it that much closer and not throw the pass that he did. I think he should have apologized to the team because, you know what, I think he blew it. <laughs> That's not the first one he does right. either. But there's, there we talk about it all the time. Every weekend, I promise you, I can call you and tell you every, how it's questionable what these guys do. You know, and it just – it's not us. I promise you it's not us because <laughs> it, it hit me, I mean, just – like a ton of bricks. No, right I, I Why think, I, did you do it? It wasn't like, hmm, I got to question that. It was just a ton. I, when he when he did it, you know what I thought? I said, well, he's going for it. He's not kicking it right now. He's going for it. To throw that pass, he's going for it on fourth down. And when I saw him kick a field goal, I said, you know what? He, he needs to go. If he can't, either he needs to get a game manager or he needs to go coach in college football. That's, that was my opinion. So, anyway, Thank you, sir. All right, Kevin. Take Good care. Thanks. Things. I know it's going to be tough, man. Yes, sir. So, all righty. Bye-bye. And, and uh, you know, I'm always thinking, looking at things through black and gold glasses. Like, if the Saints are in that situation, if they don't they don't even have a running back. I mean, don't even have a running back. I mean, you got – I mean, now, theoretically, you could, you could run Taysom in that situation. I mean, I'd be fine, you know, running Batman. I mean, you don't think Batman could get one yard if he quarterback sneaked twice? The problem is, if you put Batman under center, that's why you got to do it some. You put Batman under center, then they know you quarterback sneaking. I still think he might be strong enough to get one yard in two plays, even if they know he's quarterback sneaking. Especially if you quick snap. I, I, I just think that I agree with Kyle that, well, first of all, the, pl- the pass that they threw was just stupid. I mean, there's just no arguing that. It was stupid. You know, one of the things that I hate the most is, you, I know it's not a Hail Mary, but it's the, it's a low percent. I'm not throwing the ball up for grabs on a do or die down. That cannot be your best play. I, I, I've never understood that. How, now, the exception to that, if it's third and goal from the twelve. Or if you're not that close to the end zone and it's like, um, you know, third and 18 from your own 38-yard line or something. I'm fine with taking a step back and just throwing it up and hope my guy catches it. If not, I kick the field goal. 
But but I'm 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 in a I'm in a bad situation right there. But if it's third or fourth down, a do or die down, change of possession down, and I've got less than five yards to go, my best play cannot be I'm gonna throw it up and hope something good happens. That cannot if that's my best play, then something should click off in my mind and say, you know what? Uh, we, we, we're in a bad situation here. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta reshuffle and rethink what I'm doing. That cannot be your best play. If the best play on your little card on a do or die down is just to throw it up and hope something good happens, that's not a good play. Now, again, if it's third and goal from the 15, then that's not a bad play. You, you are in a desperate situation. But when it's 31, you're not in a desperate situation. There should be a ton of th- ways to get in the first down. And dropping back to Kyle's point, and I agree with him, that play was stupid. I think the reason why he ran that stupid play is because he was thinking like most of us were. Um, if we tie the game right here, then we're going to um, – we're going to lose because they're just going to drive down the field and score. And the reason why he kicked the field goal is because if he doesn't kick the field goal and he doesn't get, they're going to crucify him. Like, I think a lot of coaches make calls because of the, the if they don't do the, quote, the thing that you're supposed to do, then they're going to get just crushed. I mean, you're down three with 20, 30 seconds left or whatever, 20-something seconds left. I would have I would have understood to Kyle's point why he went for it on fourth down. But if he missed, if he went for it, tw- if he ran two plays on third and one down three and didn't kick the field goal, they would be killing him. He would get crucified even worse than he is now. So I say it all the time: quarterback sneak twice. I I, I don't understand. Why more teams don't quarterback sneak twice with one yard to go. And what I mean by that, you, you might you might not need to do it twice. I get that. You might get it on the first one. Then fine. Who cares? That's good. But you're going to quarterback sneak twice and get the first down. I mean, I say that sometime in the first quarter. It's third and one. Why am I putting on third on, on after missing third and one? Quarterback sneak. I just. I don't think there's not enough quarterback sneaking in the league. Now, not every quarterback sneak works, but I should be able to get one yard if I do it twice. Take a timeout. Come back, shift gears. Especially in the NFL when they let you push. I mean, they they cheat. They let you cheat in the NFL. They're kind of going against that in college now, the aiding the runner thing. In the NFL, they let you just push. How hard can it be to get one yard? When they letting you cheat. Take a timeout. We'll come back, shift gears to Gerald Broussard. See Cajuns matchup with Texas State. Eh, something about this one I'm a little uncomfortable with. We'll discuss that next on the game. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... 
Now back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Before we get to our special guest, want to remind you about AcadianaDeals.com. Today you can get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15. It's kind of like doing easy Black Friday shopping. Again, that's a $30 deal for half the price. Visit AcadianaDeals.com today to get that $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. All right, we will go to the game hotline and bring on our friend Gerald Broussard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm a little taken back by that promo about the only lover you'll ever need. <laughs> I'm just glad they didn't say Kevin Floyd. Yeah, well, believe me, I didn't write that one. I, I think that was Raymond. Raymond is Raymond's, you know, he's something. But anyway, um, <laughs> All right, so this matchup with Texas State, it, to me, it's got a lot of layers to it. One, we all know that the Cajuns have owned Texas State forever. They're 9-0 against them. None of the games were single-digit games. All of that is true. But there's something about this matchup that I don't particularly love in that the Cajuns now are playing with a backup quarterback who, who has only played in one of the last six games, and that was against Florida State last week. And uh, in a little bit of a mismatch game. And this is a team in Texas State that's defending the run better than I remember them defending the run in a while. Fourth in the league in run defense. And now, if they force the Cajuns to beat them with the passing game, are they going to be able to do it is my question. Well, and, and, and I'll say this. They're they're just good on defense, Kev. And, and that's not, not something that I've – I don't think I've ever said that about Texas State. Not, not when the Cajuns were playing them. I know when I coached against Texas State at McNeese, uh, back when they were transitioning from Southwest Texas to Texas State, they had a couple of good defensive teams there. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that you know, I, there was talk of Spavital, could he fire his brother, who's the defensive coordinator there, just because they were playing so poorly. But they've done a good job of it. I mean, they're, they're multiple with what they do. They get after you. They, they're winning some one-on-ones up front. Uh, they're they're doing a nice job and just using some speed. They've got a lot of transfers in there. They got a safety now they can play, and then and, and he will come down. He'll light you up, and and he's a good player from transfer from Iowa State, um, and uh, big cat too, six three, two hundred pound safety. But but you know with that they're they're just bad on offense, Kev. I mean they're 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 bad, and and Spab is a guy that you know. Made his name as an offensive guy, and and they're just they're they're not make they they're they're depleted at the receiver position, uh they they they're depleted at the running back position. Their quarterback is a Hatcher guy who as as a freshman uh, started for Arkansas State, and their running back is actually a transfer from Arkansas State, and and uh, you know and and they couldn't play at Arkansas State, and, and so you know it's just it, it's where the Cages are, are, are playing well on defense and. Uh, uh, they struggle a little bit offensively, and and same thing with Texas State. But what they have done, Kev, they've won at home. I mean, they're four and one at home. Their only loss is a, is a last second loss to Southern Miss or last minute loss to Southern Miss, uh, right before the Cajuns played them, and it was a torture to watch. Uh, Julie 
brought it up when, when, when I was watching at the house. She said, why don't you turn that off? And um, I said, because somebody's got to win it. You know, and it just – it took me two days to watch a game. And usually I, with fast forward ability and stuff, it doesn't take any time. It, it was just a real chore to watch. Uh, but but it, this one has got me feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And I've said it, and I've said it 100 times. It doesn't matter. There's still Texas State, and the, the Cajuns are still going to win. I said that at times when when I just felt like the Cajuns uh, couldn't make the plays at some point to win the game. And I still believe that. I, I think that, you know, you mentioned about Chandler, uh, you know, making his first start last week against Florida State, played better towards the end of the game, albeit against the backup for Florida State. I don't care. We would take every one of those backups if they wanted to transfer to Lafayette. I promise you we would take them all. Um, but, but, you know, Michael Jefferson showed himself and his ability to play. Uh, the Cajuns showed some flashes of being able to run the football. They're going to, you know, Texas State um, tries to get negative plays and stuff, but there are creases to be had, and they're going to have to make them Saturday. Now, but the thing about the the, the offense, like I saw that the, they're not real high in almost any category, but it, their red zone efficiency on offense is like upper half of the league. I don't quite understand how all that works out. But I'm also wondering, it just seems like their offense is less chaotic. In other words, their offense is not good. It's not putting up a lot of numbers or any of that stuff, but it's doing more things to help its defense, at least, it seems like this year. To me, they they, they just played their, their, their approach to football was just too chaotic the last few years, and they've at least made it a little more organized. Well, and then and I think you you play to what you have. They they they've got a couple of tight ends in there that they try and get the ball to in the red zone and stuff. Their receivers core, like I said, is depleted. Uh, they run the football. They don't throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage hardly ever. Uh, and they he's fine with three plays and punt, keep it close, win it at the end because they're making plays defensively. And, and, and so when you can play, he's he, in the past he was chaotic offensively because they gave, gave up a hundred. And some of it, I know, you know, you'll say, well, if, if you were more uh, reserved on offense, then maybe you don't give up as much. I don't, I don't, I, and that may be true to a certain extent, but I just think that they were just a, they had some ability to make a play here and there offensively, you know, with, with Calvin Hill Jr. and so a couple other running backs that they just don't have. Uh, they're, they're, they're hurt and stuff, and, and, and you know, their, their quarterbacks were – and they've, tra- they've taken the transfer quarterback. But if you remember, they had the kid that transferred in from Memphis that wore number two, and he thought he was Johnny Manziel. And he's running around throwing the ball to everybody that would catch it. I'm, I'm talking about defensive guys, offensive guys, coaches on the sideline. Didn't matter. Threw it to everybody. Uh, and, 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 you know, they, they don't have that guy now. Hatcher is more in control. And, and, and Hatcher is not one of those guys. You see some quarterbacks that will come off the field with a lot of frustration if they don't make a play. He'll go three plays and punt three times in a row, and he, he just comes on off the field. You know, and they just he doesn't show emotion with that. And, and, and I think that that is, has kept him in some games. Look, have they been real close and, and um, to, to having a winning record and to being one of the teams mentioned for a bowl. And, and so – but – they're not right now, and they do. They they play. I don't want to say conservative, but it really is conservative, you know, as as a philosophy. And um, you know, they, they they don't beat themselves, but they also don't make a whole lot of things happen. Sometimes, you know, I know we talk about turnovers and turnover ratio and all that stuff, but but sometimes if if you take chances, 
then, then you know, you, you're going to turn the football over sometimes. And, 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 you know, I think that at some point, in order to be explosive, you've got to take some chances. They just don't. And I'm not saying that they, they won't. I'm saying to this point, they just don't. Right, but and at this point, do they not? throw 100 deep balls. I'd right. be shocked, though. Right, and, and that hasn't been what they've done. But in this game, you kind of don't have anything to lose, one. Now, I keep hearing that they have a lot of injured receivers. And, you know, you mentioned Lane Hatcher. He threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Cajuns last year, and he was a part of a bad football team that the Cajuns were very fortunate to beat in Jonesboro. But Jones, Arkansas State typically has better receivers than Texas State has. And they can run the football. At some point, you got to be able to run the football to be able to throw the football. If you're just one-dimensional and throwing the ball behind the line, a lot of play tags, a lot of screens, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, the, the, I think his name is Perry. He's a transfer from Arkansas right. State playing the running back. And, and um, I mean, we had a guy 100 years ago playing for us in the option uh, named Damon Denenberg. I don't know if you remember oh, him. Oh, absolutely. I know you remember him. You remember everybody. <laughs> Uh, but but Denneberg, uh came to us, and that's what this guy reminds me of as a tailback, though. Just a you know a tough guy, downhill runner and stuff, and he's going to be aggressive and all that good kind of stuff. But but you know he's not going to be explosive on you in there at the running back position. Um, and then uh, I, I just you know it, it, I think if you can run the football, it, it, it expands your ability to throw. And, and look, I don't know. I haven't watched every game, and there's no way you're going to make me watch every Texas State game. I promise you. <laughs> it will be a fight. I will fight somebody. I've watched them twice. Once getting ready for Southern Miss, that was all I could take. And once getting ready for this game, and that was an even bigger chore. Uh, and, and, and I'm not doing it again. If I didn't have to go and watch them play the Cajuns, I wouldn't. Uh, they're just they're so just nothing on offense. And, man, like I say, maybe they will change. I doubt it. Now, they do get after you on defense, and, and I like the way they play. Uh, they tend to run around blocks. They don't play through blocks. They, they are aggressive and get after you. Uh, but but it's just – it really is. And their, their punter's name is, is uh, Seamus O'Kelly or something like that. He's, he's an Australian Irishman. I like just like hearing his name. <laughs> now, the that, other thing, though, that they do, do if you're going to play that kind of football, one thing you got to have, and they have it, is a good kicker. And uh, he's like, uh, he's 12 of 14. They're 13 of 15 as a team. And field goals this year, this cat's made 35 field goals in his career. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me, we've said this before, if this game comes down to field goal kicking, which uh, historically between these two teams, it's not going to be good for the Cajuns if it does. Well, but you say historically between these two teams, these two it's never been close. No, no, no. I'm talking about between looking at their kicker and the Cajuns kicking. Cajuns hadn't been good at kicking in over 10 years since Brett Bear. I like Kenny Amandaris. Oh, I like him personally. He seems like the nicest kid. I love interviewing him. He kind of, you know, he, he just, he reminds me, I don't know who it is, one of these kids who's a child star. When you ask him a question, his face just lights up with this huge smile. And and I think, but but he has missed kicks is what I'm saying. Well, and, and look, if you kick it up, you're going to miss kicks. And, and that, that part of it, I, I understand. But he's also made some big kicks for us. And, and, and I, I think that, 
if it comes down to it, we'll see what happens with it. I don't think I don't think our kicker has been a problem for for the Cajuns this year. I think that there have been some other ways to be able to to be a little more explosive and to score some points. And, and I hope that that happens this week. The other thing that's going to happen this week, you've got the whole roster to be able to play with now too. You've got a couple of true freshmen that haven't played and, and they've showed, you know, we've gotten in some mop-up stuff, but now with the, with the, uh, the, the redshirt rule, they can play uh, right now. And I'm talking about the running back and the true freshman quarterback. If you choose to, and I don't expect the quarterback to, cause if you do play him, I hope you play him a lot just to get to give him something to do. But, but I hope the true freshman running back comes in there every now and then gives you a little bit of burst or something to get on the edge with. Uh, because they, you know, both of them, I think, have an ability to get in and play one play or, or play one more game here, and then still be eligible to play in the bowl game and keep their red shirt. Right. But now, I do I, expect I, think, I do expect Zylan Perry to play more. I know he played a little bit in the Arkansas State game at the end. That was kind of a blowout situation, but I, I do expect Zylan Perry to play in this game more than he has been playing. Are you a little surprised though that they've kind of moved on from Kabodi? Because I thought he did some pretty good things. Does he not pick up the blitz? Like, I, I, I'm not saying give him the ball 15 times or anything, but I, I thought he did okay when he ran this year. I thought he did it as a runner, and, I, and I've, I've seen him in there a couple of times in protection. I don't think that's been a problem. I know his health may have been a problem in there. And look, Kabodi came to the cages as a running back, but then wanted to play receiver last year. Had him listed as a receiver. And then was supposed to move him back to running back this year because he thought that the Cajuns were loaded at receiver. And so he, he came back to re- to the running back position. But, you know, when you're trying to get five in there and get some lather going, that's tough. And, and you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, his, his injuries and a, a lack of really just snaps and, and has, has kind of made it tough. But I did think that he, he did some good things when he was in there. But, I've, you know, it's the one – not one thing, but it's one of the things that makes it tough. You know, I, I want to see more of Chris Smith. I want to see more of Washington. I want to see more of Williams. And just to see what we have with it and if, if we can move on to Bell Cow or whatever. I also want to see, you know, is Kabodi going to be a running back or do you go re- recruit another? Can Perry be that next guy in there with it? That's five guys. You know, and so that part of it, I think you're stacked at that position and making it hard to try and get the number of reps. You, and look, you had two transfer out. You know that. And uh, Kendra Williams too. blew out his knee in the spring, and theoretically, will be part of this equation again next year. Yeah, yeah, and that, and 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 it's it's you know I see all of that with the depth. See the same thing a receiver. You know, every now and then you'll see a flash of one of them doing some really good things, and you want to see some more. And then you know Michael Jefferson has stood out. You know Peter O'Brien's going to get his reps and stay in the game, and, and so is Dante Fleming. But but to say that we can feature anyone, we don't. It's just kind of the way things go with this offense and how we play the numbers and stuff. And it's just a little bit different. I'm sure it's it's the way of the world now with the transfer portal, and you yeah. got to get them all in the game. You got to get them all on film. It's almost like when I was at junior college, I was calling plays a lot of times just to be able to get guys on film uh, because at junior college you're recruiting to get them in and recruiting to get them out. Yeah, and, and so you've got to keep everybody appeased and get them recruited. So we 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 will put together packages to expose and, and to 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 get players of film of it and stuff. And it's almost that way now, too, which makes it a little bit tough to kind of, for me, just uh, for Gerald personally, and, and just to kind of say, hey, man, I want to see more of 
Right. So, no, so. It, 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 it's frustrating. It's frustrating for a lot of people. We talked about it, but I don't know that that part is going to change. All right, sir. I appreciate your time as always. We'll see you uh, in Texas tomorrow, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in a little better mood than I was when we were in Florida. Let's put it that way. You know, you make it hard to be your friend sometimes, and um, that was one of the times. Yeah. You know, but – at being your friend, I didn't inflict any bodily harm. Okay, and, and, so and it was appreciated. You're, you're welcome. Yes, thank you. All right. You bet. And let's see if we can do that. Uh, one I'll, more I'll, day. I'll explain to you why. Man. I haven't told you the full story yet. We'll tell you that. But I got to go. I appreciate the call. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a safe travel. You too. Bye. We'll be back on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, LSU wraps up the regular season in College Station tomorrow. Pre-game 4 o'clock. Kickoff 6 o'clock. LSU, Texas A&M. And you can hear all the action right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Kind of had a, a strange week, holiday week. Didn't have a show yesterday. Things kind of got... And I, I, I realized that I never gave you all the QW update. Last week, there were four games where the team with the superior quarterback won. There were four games where the team with the inferior quarterback won. And there were six games where you had qu- quarterbacks compete against each other on the same level. So now, the total to date, we have 57 wins for the team with the superior quarterback. 46 wins with the team with the inferior quarterback, which is not a great statement still this late in the season. And unfortunately, this number ended up being bigger than I was thinking when we started this. 58 wins where the two teams played and it was, you know, quarterbacks were on the same level. 57, 46, 58. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the... LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And again, you can hear LSU tomorrow, 4 p.m. pregame, 6 o'clock kickoff. And you can hear it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you can also hear St. Thomas More tonight at home in its quarterfinal game against Madison Prep. Or you can shift the dial just a little bit and go to Z1059, where you're going to hear the Karen Crow Bears. State quarterfinals on the road against the number one seed in uh, in New Orleans. And so we will um, see how all of that plays out again. Karen Crow will be playing Warren Easton. And we have with us Karen Crow High head football coach, Tony Corville. We'll be getting him on shortly. And... Again, uh, Karen Crows had, they started out early, if you remember, lots of road games, and they did very a good job with that. They lost to Acadiana at the buzzer uh, in, the re- to end it for, in its last regular season game in week nine, and then they played 
Acadiana again and won. So you almost have to take those two games and its own, you know, that's an old rivalry and those two teams almost always play close games on it, you know, kind of in its own little category there. And then uh, we'll see. They, you know, the Karen Crow a couple years ago won a state championship, so they understand what it's like to practice on, on Thanksgiving week, certainly, and we'll see what happens tonight in New Orleans. All right, we have with us Karen Crow head football coach Tony Corville. How are you, sir? Good morning, Kevin. How you doing? Now, are you one like me that like that eats as much as you can, or do you try to have some discipline on Thanksgiving Day with the food, especially when your season's still alive? Yeah, I try to be disciplined, but I don't know how disciplined I can be. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely try. This is, you know, yesterday we were fortunate enough to be practicing some, and uh, we we had a family uh, get together. Obviously, my wife's uh, her obligation was the pork roast and the macaroni and cheese. So when I got home, you know, I got here at, at about seven o'clock, and so I didn't eat breakfast. So when I got back, she was cutting up that and. Uh, <laughs> Well, I was stealing pieces. Every time she turned her head around, I was stealing the piece. That's a that's a good that's a good move on, on your part. All right, so so Warren Easton. I mean, is it similar to playing Carr, or how, how would you kind of uh, classify this matchup from what you've seen with them on film? Well, yeah, that's a pretty good uh, comparison. First of all, they're very athletic on both sides of the football. They got athletes in skill positions, and then on on both sides, the offensive line, defensive line, they're Big guys that are road graders or guys that can run, but yeah, similar because they're like you know when you're talking about car, you're talking about some more talented football players, and it's the same. Um, the offensive scheme might be a little different, you know, in their uh, way they run things, but uh, it's very similar. They seem to score a lot of points and give up a lot of points. So, is that? You know, the defense and offense kind of work hand-in-hand hand sometime. Mm-hmm. The teams that have scored a lot of points on them, has it mostly been in the air or the ground from what you've seen? In the air. In the air. Uh, now, they, they play a very, very competitive non-district schedule, and that's where some of, you know, where they had some problems. And then their district is not as strong as it's been because Carr used to be in the district with them, and now Carr is in the Catholic League. But it, it – and uh, – but some us from the uh, from the run game, but a lot of us in the air, through the air, and and they got very good secondary people too. Now, that's what's surprising about it. So, I mean, have you played anyone that's kind of like them this year, or in terms of what they present and the way they play defense and the kind of offense that they have? Is this kind of a a unique team from the teams you played this season? I guess if we were going to make a comparison, it'd probably be Sam Houston. And again, that was a high-scoring game. Was we scored seventy, I think seventy, seventy-one points, and but they also gave up fifty-five. So, you know, <laughs> do you remember that, Kevin? I mean, like, oh, yeah, I do. I also remember a game <laughs> in about nineteen. Like I'll take it if we're on the winning side of it, obviously. But I hope it's not like that. <laughs> I do remember a game in about nineteen ninety-seven, too, being at um, was it Haas Memphis? I don't remember, or was it Yenny? Wherever y'all played against Shaw, and it was like sixty-two to forty-two or something crazy like that. Yeah, that was a semifinal. Yep, yep. I mean, yeah, do you see? I mean, is that and these, you know these trips and everything? You know how you can't, your kids are going to handle it. You know I feel pretty, pretty confident. You know we haven't had a two-hour trip this year, but uh, you know we we're fortunate enough to be five and zero on the road this year. So hopefully this this is a mature team that we can handle it. You know we're at school right now because you know most football coaches and coaches in general 
were very regimented, and we got them here. To, uh, we fed them breakfast. We just finished the – we did, had a team meeting, and we did some uh, – uh, we're about ready to do a walkthrough, and then we, you know, we'll do like everything like we do after we're at school. All right, so Warren Easton, I can't believe that they faced a lot of offenses that do what y'all do. Uh, is, is that an accurate assessment, and, and how do you like that matchup? Well, you're exactly right. The first time they, they saw somebody kind of like us would have been Russell, which was week one. And they ended up winning that game. Uh, Russell ended up losing their running back, star running back, and came back to beat them. But yeah, they don't they don't see the you know people with downhill run uh, veer a whole lot. You know, unless they would have played uh, John John Curtis, and they had not done that. So uh, it's more they, they mostly see the spread teams. You know, and people some people are better running it in spread, some of them are throwing it, but uh, they haven't seen the things that we present. All right. When I saw you earlier against Lafayette High, we talked after the game, and we've talked since then about. The defense has got to get better. It seems like the defense has gotten a little better. So what what has kind of led into that? To that? Well, like I told you, you know, we was uh, we're very young at defense side of the ball. You know, we're only having three seniors, and we had so we have a bunch of sophomores out there. And like I told you then, I, you know, we were you know we were having to go through some growth growth right there, but it was taking a little longer than we liked it to. And I think they finally get you know. And one one of the things that I, I did mention that then. We started taking a couple of guys from the offensive side of the ball and spot playing them. You know, we're gonna now it's it's you know it's 48 minutes to go home, so we'll start piecing in some guys. You know, situational things. That's what we've done the last couple of weeks. Now, what stadium are you playing in tonight? Pan American. Oh man! All right, so yeah. now if you did y'all play there a couple of years ago? Am I or am I thinking the different wrong school? No, you're thinking right. You're thinking right. <laughs> Who did y'all y'all play this very team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, the uh, the last two times we've gone to Pan American, it's been it's been against Warren Eastern, and they've ended our season for us. So I told this team that uh, we need to check off a new box this year and, and come back <laughs> yeah. victorious. You know, it's a new box we need to check off. All right, so y'all. Um, speaking of the defense against Acadiana. After the game, I, someone uh, texted me that the the game that that Joni Martin had, you know, we we he, he was one of the guys to kind of watch going into the season, and you didn't see a lot mm-hmm. of it early, and I'm sure that had not maybe not so much to do with him, but apparently uh, he had quite a game in, in, in beating Acadiana. Yeah, he sure did. You know, like the whole saying is, you know, the big time players need to step up in big time games, and uh, Joni definitely did that for us last week. Uh, he had 12 tackles. Seven, seven individual five solos, two interceptions, two key interceptions, obviously, and then uh, a scoop and score for a touchdown. Yeah, he had a heck of a game for us, and we needed it from him. We really, really did. He's been he's been solid all year long. Some of the things, like you said, you know, it was kind of quiet because people uh, don't throw against him and or run away from him. And we've been moving him around between free safety, strong safety, and then what we call a nickel star, which is a hybrid outside linebacker. And so, obviously, you're you know it's hard to have a much better game than that. So, in terms of your defense against what they do on offense, is there one or two receivers you got to just limit somewhat? Is it the quarterback running? Like, what's the key? What's the thing that if you don't win, it's probably going to be because of this that y'all got to try to limit a little bit? Well, they got they got a running back that's got right at two thousand yards, and he, I mean he's a very talented. Uh, a run, young running back, I believe he's a junior. So if we can, if we can stop the run and make him one-dimensional, 
they'll be there's a couple of guys that they go to. You know, they they'll be three by one or two by two. But we uh, I think we've got them scouting uh, well enough to know what the things they're trying to do to you. And so if we're going to be one dimensional. I think we have a good chance. And obviously, your offense is putting up unbelievable numbers. I'm sure their defensive coaches don't 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 feel too good right now. The, you know, we've been hearing about Chance Caesar for a few years, and it seems like he really put it together this year. Yeah, you know, you know, and this has been talked about before. You know, he's coming off of a, a knee injury last year. I mean, his whole knee was gone last year. At this time, he was recovering from the knee surgery, and he's just progressively got better you know, throughout throughout the season. And then he's gotten more comfortable with it, and and then obviously with the things we're doing, and uh, we're doing a, a lot of a lot of quarterback run stuff with him. And when you're six three, two fifteen, and you just fall forward, you're gonna gain three or four yards. So, and then he, on the in the passing game, we've you know we've got some uh, two young freshman wide receivers that are very dynamic, and we want to take advantage of that while we have we have a chance. So it's been working out for us because you know, people load up the box on us, you know, and. So once you load up the box, then now we have a chance to go out and, and, and spread out a little bit and throw it on you a little bit. All right. What well, sounds like it's gonna not a game that's gonna last just two hours and five minutes. Um, this game, <laughs> and, and and it also sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of big plays, and the co- and you might get a few more gray hairs. But if you score more points in them, you'll you'll, you'll get through it. Uh, that's that sounds good, Kevin. Sound like a plan. <laughs> All right, sir. We appreciate your time you. as always. Thank you very much, and good luck to y'all. Thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate you. Take care. Karen Crow, head coach, Tony Corville. No, I mean, who man. They, they've played some um, exciting games this year, really high-scoring games at times. And, uh, you know, if this game is 40-something to 40-something or 50-something to 40-something, I'm not going to be totally shocked. In fact, if it if it's twenty something to twenty something, I'll be even a little surprised. Uh, but we'll see how, how it plays out. You just never know how football is going to play out. And um, it it is kind of neat when you add the history of it that they've lost there recently twice and uh, at that very field, Pan American, which hasn't always treated the teams from the Cadiana area real well, from my memory. And so. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, shift gears a little bit to the other side. We'll talk to Notre Dame head football coach Louis Cook, who won't be traveling to New Orleans. He'll be at home against a Baton Rouge school, and we'll get some details on that when we come back after this timeout on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints, also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Before we get uh, with Coach Cook, want to remind you, got another great deal from AcadianaDeals.com where you can get great two-for-one deals. Today, you can get a $40 voucher for Bayou Pop Gourmet Popcorn for only $20. A $40 voucher for Gourmet Popcorn for only $20. But you can't do it unless you don't go to AcadianaDeals.com. Shop. The easy way 
instead of banging elbows like Raymond was talking earlier on the black market stores. But go to KadianaDeals.com where you can get $40 voucher for Bayou Pop Gourmet Popcorn for only $20. All right, we have with us Notre Dame head football coach Lou Cook. How are you, sir? I'm good, Kevin. How you doing? Well, I never thought of the Pios. I, I, I have one of these terms that I say all the time, a 42-40 team. I've never really thought of your, you and your program as a 42-40 team, and yet you played pretty close to a 42-40 game last week. <laughs> yeah, 41-40 pretty close. <laughs> I mean, did, did that come out of nowhere, or did you think that was possible watching film? Well... You know, when you look at when you look at the guys on film, uh, you, you, you first thought is how are we going to stop these guys? Uh, quarterback uh, Bushnell was as good as we've seen in a, in a while, and you know I know their record wasn't really real great. You know they were up, and you know they obviously they played some quality teams. They started off, uh, you know they they had a loss to Opelousas, they had a loss to uh, St. James. Uh, early in early in the year, I mean, it, so they were playing some, you know, some quality football teams, and they get the district. And of course, you know, St. Louis loses last week six nothing to Madison Prep. Uh, you know, Jennings pulls off an upset in week one in the playoffs, and the Iowa's was the number one seed, so that district was pretty solid. So you're looking at that, you're going, you know, they're playing some really good folks, and. Uh, you know, there was there's four D1 guys on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, that they had. So uh, it was looking at him, okay, how can we stop him and then how can we move it? But uh, it just, yeah, it was one of those games where, uh, you know, they, they, it was, they scored the first two times they had it. So it was like, okay, we're going to, we, now we're going to track me. So let's see what's going to happen. Well, and also, you know, it had been a while since you played a game till deep in the fourth quarter. I would, from my, from memory, and so I, that that's always a little bit of a challenge coming off a bye, and then having to play and not having really played four full quarters of football in a while. Yeah, I mean, when when we snapped the ball in the fourth quarter uh, the, uh, Friday night, that was the first time the starters, I think, had been in there uh, since since week five. So. Uh, it, it is scary, and, and it's it's something you worry about and you concern. The good thing, uh, Grand Lake and Welsh, although we played really well and we got ahead quite early, but they were two of the better teams in the district, and we had them nine and ten, so which led to good practices. Uh, you know, we knew you know Grand Lake had one loss and Welsh had none coming in, so it, during the week, uh, you know, the practices were really good because you're playing teams that have won some games. So, you know, that's that's the biggest difference. It's not always what happens on Friday night. It's it's what went on during the week. Did you waste time or did you fall behind during the weeks of practices? And I felt we were coming off some really good practices. And, um, you know, I always tell the kids, you know, you, you put a good day on a good day and a good week on a good week, and that's, that's how you get better. And uh, so we, we were practicing well and we played well, but then you have to buy and it's kind of like, here we go. It's almost like starting over. You get nervous about right. Uh, you know, you're always nervous for the first game of the season. You you're nervous for the first district game, and then the first playoff game. And so here we go. You know, we got a week off, and now we got to worry about uh, you know playing these guys. You know, so uh, it, it was very challenging. 
Now, the other thing that happened is you, your quarterback got hurt pretty early in the season, uh, and then he's come back, and that could lead to where you're not totally in a rhythm. So where are y'all in that process right now? Well, fortunately, you know, we lost in week one. So, I mean, uh, that that was, you know, the fourth quarter of the Southside game, uh, he, he broke his hand. So, but we got him back uh, for practice uh, around week six, and he, he got in the game in week seven. So, uh, th- having those four weeks really, really helped. It made a huge difference. And, I mean, he, without, what, without uh, him doing what he did Friday night, and, of course, you know, we're, we, we do have a couple of pretty good guys on the outside, Teddy Menard and Grady Falk. Uh, you know, so the three, the three of them, uh, the three of them gave us uh, give us a chance. You know, he hits Teddy on a on a real route from 31 yards out for the first touchdown, and and the touchdown in overtime was was an ad lib. They had they had covered what we had called on third down. We wanted to ten uh, in the overtime period, and, and Aiden he, he rolls back the other way. Kind of, you know, he didn't look to run right away, which was good. Kept his eyes down the field, and and then Grady uh, just the scramble drill. He he runs across the back of the end zone. It almost looked like Montana to Dwight Clark. You know, one of those. We, he hits Grady in the back of the end zone for the for the touchdown to tie it, the extra point wins it. So uh, we're, you know, I I, I think uh, I think we're in a good place. Uh, we like I said, we got him back early enough to. To where we could kind of get in, uh, at least develop some uh, some timing and rhythm with the guys that are on the outside. All right, so the Pios, and again, we're speaking with Notre Dame head football coach Louis Cook, and the Pios are the three seed, and you're playing an Episcopal team that doesn't play a lot of forty-two forty football. More on the defense, they they beat Loyola Prep ten to seven. Uh, this past Friday night. So it seems like a different kind of a more old-school physical line of scrimmage type game. Is is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah, yeah. They, that, that's, you know, they're not the spread offense that we saw last week. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they, they, their base is a wing T, although they give you a lot of multiple diff, multiple formations. And they've been in, you know, they've been in the different offenses throughout the I mean, they'll go power eye, and they'll be in the gun some, uh, and but they're running some base wing tee things and power plays out of that, and uh, want to run it first, and kind of like we are, you want to run it first and throw it, throw it secondly. But uh, they have played good defense. Uh, they're they're an aggressive, you know. They fly to the ball. It's a well coached football team. They have a good program. You know, if you remember a couple of years ago, they they, they took the LCA to down to the wire. That's the game. Uh, Sage Ryan broke a broke a run and actually drug his leg across the goal line because he pulled his hamstring and was out the rest of the season. Yeah. But uh, you know, within the third quarter, they were they were toe to toe with uh, with LCA then. So they've been they've been coming on. I mean, they've always been pretty good, and their track program is one of the best in the state. So. Uh, you know they're trained and well coached, and uh, you know that that's you know they're ten and one. I mean it's not. I tell our, I told our kids, uh, you know people have a tendency, uh, you know to want to say, oh they lucky. Uh, you know I know the name won all these games. They they lucky. <laughs> it's not an accident when a team wins ten games. So 
they're doing something right. And that's why you, you got to be prepared to play, and uh, you better be ready to go toe-to-toe with these guys. So um, you, you're looking at uh, a bracket in, in, in the semifinals where uh, if you win, uh, you host Parkview Baptist, who you've had some experience with, and if you – if the other, if you win, you also might play St. Charles, who you have some experience with. So there's some comfort there for sure, and kind of uh, teams that tend to rise to the top there. Right. Well, you know, St. Charles has uh, been the team that's knocked us out in the semifinals the last two years. Uh, they, we played them with their place two years ago, and we scored, uh, took a drive uh, at the end of the game. We were down eight and scored. Uh, with less than a minute to go in the game, and had to go get two to tie, and we and we got stopped. And then last year we were again we had a chance in the fourth quarter. We were in the red zone twice and didn't didn't come away with with, uh, with points. We were down four, so a field goal late in the game wouldn't help us, and uh, we ended up losing by four. So yeah, we 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 went there in 12, 2012. They were coming off of the state championship that. Uh, Coach Monica and them had one in eleven, and we we beat them there at that time. So, yeah, we we're familiar with those guys. Baseball, they beat us in the semis last year. We beat them in the finals year before. So, yeah, we got a little little thing going with St. Charles now. And uh, obviously, you know, you always would prefer to be at home, and Parkview would have to win for that to happen. Of course, we got to win first before we worry about right. I, that. So, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but uh, but that that's. That's what he's looking like down the line, and uh, so we're just, uh, you know, hopefully we play well tonight, and we we have that concern uh, coming into tomorrow. All right, coach. So one more question before I let you go. This current format that we're doing this year, what percentage would you give it that a year from now we we will be in the same format? Well, I I don't know what numbers to put on it, but it it, it hopefully we're not in that format. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm happy that we have a legitimate bracket, so to speak. Uh, when I say legitimate, I mean five weeks. Right. You know, it was so nice. I, you know, I realized when we made this, when the split came about and the playoffs changed, it hit because we were we were in the dome in twelve, which was the last year we were all together. And, and our four weeks, you know, to get there were, uh, I think we had Patterson week one. Um, then, then we went to uh, oh shoot, I, well we went to St. James, St. Charles, week two of the playoffs. Beat them over there. Then we had to play an Iowa, uh, Iowa team that was in our district that we had barely beat in district play. We had to play them again in the quarters and then go to East Feliciana where they had Beckwith, uh, and and then we played Portland in the Dome. And then the next year. You win two games and you're in New Orleans. I realized that the journey to get there was 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 fun. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you get a bye one week and then you got a week to if you get to the dome you got a week you got to wait. I mean it was it just you know and then and you lose revenue. I mean you're not playing games. The the money that because I mean we all we all need we all need money you know to run a good program or any program. So, but. This is not fair, Kevin. Uh, you know the Constitution says you you you, you can't play down. <laughs> I mean, the Elliot and for since 2013, 
in Division Two, they combined four and three. I mean, STM and Turlins, uh, St. Michael's and Vanderbilt are four are the four four A select teams that were playing with the three A teams. You know, I mean, Iowa is the number one seed in their in, in Division Two. They're three A, a medium sized three A school. They had a good year, nine and one, good team. The the other seven teams left in the bracket are all four A. They're all four A teams. Iowa is the only three A team in that in that bracket. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's, it's it's you know, you look at uh, you know, I don't take anything away from Bro Bridge and that little run that they're making, you know, but you know, uh, they they knocked Iota off last week. That's a three A school. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's and I know I don't. I mean, I. I don't understand it. To be honest with you, I don't. I know there's a whole lot of principals that, on both sides, are not happy with it. So I, I would think, uh, uh, you know, they wasn't voted on by the principals, uh, and I understand what they were trying to do. I, I do think that the part about uh, redefining select and non-select, I think that was right, because that when you have open enrollment and you can go anywhere you want, what's the difference? You know, between, you know, what happens to Notre Dame of Acadia Parish, where, you know, we're a consolidated school of, of three different school zones. You know, in 1967, they closed St. Joseph of Rain, St. Francis of Iota, and St. Michael's High School of Crowley. And so to stay in, in that system, you had to leave Rain to come to Crowley. That's, that's where the school is located. You had to leave Iota to come to, so you left your school zone. So for 30 years, those kids that had been at St. Joe, that were sophomores at St. Joe, uh, uh, or you know, or eighth graders when it happened, the, the next year they came to Notre Dame, they had to sit out their freshman year. So, you know, uh, uh, I understand about uh, open zones that they should be select. Uh, all the New Orleans schools and guys are going where they want to go. Uh, you know, there's no difference. I remember the guy from St. Aug asked the question. He goes. We have open enrollment in the audience. What's the difference between the guys going to Carr and Warren East and coming to uh, St. Say, Well, you can say no to somebody. <laughs> so uh, so that's not it to find select. But uh, anyhow, uh, I don't it, want to bore y'all. No, but, but uh, it, it, I, it, is, it, it is crazy, uh, no question. And I do like the fact that the – it, it that you have five weeks of play or at least four weeks of play with the with these buys and you have a, closer to, to to regular brackets and there's a the numbers are more a little more even but you know you know yeah. we'll, 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 yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see all that we'll see all that plays out right now you got to beat Episcopal we'll see what happens yeah. with that uh tonight look coach I appreciate your time as always thank you very much and good luck to y'all all right thank you Kevin take, take care. care. Notre Dame head coach Lou Cook. Look, Raymond talked last week with Coach Antoine from Westgate. <laughs> he wasn't happy. Uh, there's just a lot of people just not really happy. But again, I I think it's a step in the right direction. I do. And I hope it all ends well. Uh, these brackets are more even than, than they've been. Uh, there are a lot of AAA people who are complaining about being in brackets with 4A people. But, again, it's been that way for a decade, to Coach Cook's point. It really has been. I, and, it, and I don't really like that either. I mean, for someone who was as anti-split as I was, 
anyone who voted for the split, uh, kind of have. Uh, I understand your issues, but it's like, uh, could have not had this issue. Anyway, it's um, I kind of gave up that fight years ago, and we just cover the teams and talk about them. But it's um, it is dicey and it is very very complicated. No question there. We'll take a time out. Come back. Talk more to you on the game as we prepare you for a big weekend. We'll bring up some of the other big high school games that we haven't talked about yet this week or much yet this week and get you set for a big sports weekend on the other side of on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, World Cup action. You can hear it on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette. Free over there, KLWB Channel 50.3 or Cox Channel 19. For Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch it. Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2 or Suddenlink Channel 137. All the World Cup action you can catch on Delta Media. All right. Uh, again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Interviews for the show are over. So in this segment, if you would like to get in, certainly feel free to do so. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Let's see. Howdy, sir. Let's see, boy, did Coach Cook make it clear as a bell? I, I really enjoyed the interview with Coach Cook. And the man said, the man said exactly what the Constitution says. The Constitution says you cannot play down. And he called them out. He called out these teams that are winning championships by playing down. Now, if you want to stick your chest out, you want to have a sign that says you won X number of state championships by beating weak sisters, by beating teams in 3A, then go ahead. But that's against the Constitution. That's against the LHSAA Constitution. It should be struck from the record. Coach Cook said it. I heard Coach Cook say it. You cannot play down. And you got teams, and he said it. He called them out. He called them out. And you know exactly who they are, just like I know exactly who they are. And they are playing down. They're beating up on weak sisters. Half the time, they can't even beat the weak sisters, and yet they're running around with their chest poked out. That's a shame. It's a disgrace. I mean, it, 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 it's, just a, it's a farce. This whole thing's a farce. And, I mean, I, I want to thank Coach Cook for, for saying what was right, saying what, what the Constitution says, and saying, letting everybody know Everybody that listened to the interview know what is right, and I appreciate Coach Cook for doing that, Footsie, and you can have the floor. Thank you very much. All right. Um, again, if, if I was the king, we'd be back to four classes. We wouldn't have teams driving an hour and passing up six schools that should be in their district. Um, there'd be, I'd cut down on travel expenses tremendously, uh, all of that, but they, they don't ask me. I don't get a vote. Nobody cares what I think. I, I fought it and fought it and fought it. And, you know, again, I listen to when people complain, I don't like this or I don't like that. And many of their points are accurate. Uh, I, but, again, 
if you voted for the split, I just, I just, I just don't have. I only can have so much sympathy for you. Is all I'm saying. That's my point of view. Uh, and again, I fought it and fought it and fought it. I just don't fight it anymore. I just look. If that's the way y'all want to do things, and I'll just cover my teams, talk about them when they win and lose, analyze it how we need to analyze it, and move on. But I understand all of those points, and I, th- I still think. It goes back to what did you vote for? Did you bring? Did you contribute to bringing this to fruition, or did you not? Everybody needs to look in the mirror there. Um, I do want to talk about tomorrow. Mostly, it's still football season. Okay, look, I football is football. You might hate football. You might be jealous of football. You might be tired of football. It's still football season, but. The Cajun men are playing an interesting game in basketball tomorrow. Um, and they're playing Drake. The Cajuns are off to a 5-0 and start. They've got some nice wins over Louisiana Tech. Nice road win over SMU this past Tuesday. And they're playing a Drake team who's also off to a 5-0 and start. Now, you know, Drake, uh, they, they beat um, a couple of smaller schools. They beat the famed IUPUI. You got to love saying that name. And uh, they beat Buffalo, who's a one and three club, um, pretty handily. And they beat a three and two Wyoming team, 61 56. The Cajuns will play Drake tomorrow, five o'clock, against uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, which is where, where, where Drake is. Drake last year, again, they're five and oh, they were 25 and 11 last season. In a, what I would call a basketball conference, the Missouri Valley is a basketball league. Uh, basketball is king there. Basketball is to them what football is to most schools in the South. Um, and yeah, despite winning 25 games, despite going 2-1 in the Missouri Valley tournament, including beating second-seeded Missouri State by a point, they... Only got to the CBI. I would have thought that that would at least get him into the NIT. And, you know, that's had its own little politics and and different ways of, um, you know, the NIT is not exactly what it used to be. But anyway, it's um, a good team. And this would be a really nice win, just like the SMU win was a nice win and the Louisiana Tech win was a nice win. I'll say the same thing before the game's even played. If they win, it's not the – it's not, you know, oh, man, they're going to do great in the Sun Belt. Doesn't ensure that. And if they lose, doesn't mean, oh, they're overrated and blah, 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 blah. It's all about one weekend in March. Understand that. Keep reminding yourself of that. It's all about one weekend in March still. But when you're 5-0, and it's fun. Fun to win. Fun to play good teams on the road. Can't argue with this matchup. And uh, if they can get another win, that's a really good sign. Really good sign. So look forward to see what Coach Marlins Cajuns can do in that uh, in that matchup tomorrow against Drake. Wanted to mention that again. I know it's still football season, but wanted to mention that game, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, how you doing, man? Oh, hanging in there. How are you, sir? Good, good. Hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving yesterday. Um, and uh, blessings to you and your family this you holiday too. season. You too. I drove in uh, some pretty heavy rain on the way home from my brothers, but we made it through. 
Yeah, it was pretty rough yesterday. You know, uh, I, I had someone in the hospital wanted to go visit Lafayette, but um, it was just a little raining a little too much uh, to drive from New Iberia. So I'm heading over there right now. But um, but look, I just wanted to uh, to ask your opinion, uh, and I'll hang up and listen after. But um, you know, I, I know you and I share a a very common disdain for a, a certain NFL team that we're playing this this Sunday. And uh, I don't remember the Saints being nine-point underdogs in a, in a really, really long time. So I just wanted to get your opinion on, on what you think would be a, a path to victory uh, this Sunday. And, um, you know, that, that's about it. And also, I just want to ask you, man, I, I was watching yesterday, and I know people talk about too many quarterbacks and too many comebacks, come back, but have you ever seen a better one-minute quarterback than Josh Allen? And I'll, I'll hang up and listen to it. Thanks, Thanks. man. Well, he, he's pretty good. And obviously a couple other quarterbacks kind of can do the same thing. But I would think he's in the top three or four of that category. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen Mahomes do it as well. And um, you got to have really good receivers to do that. And they have a couple. And so, no, but, he, you know, you know, I've been a Josh Allen guy since – he was in the draft, so and he's a, my fantasy quarterback this year, and so I'm, you know, I'm. I, I think a lot of them now. Again, he's thrown some bad passes this year. He's thrown some bad interceptions. It worries me that there's so much. There's just too much on his plate. All of that is true, but um, I do think they took a step forward this past Sunday by ha- by kind of trying to protect him a little bit and showing that they can run the ball and they ran the ball with some effectiveness at times yesterday as well. So, no, he, he's really good. As far as the Saints' path to win, I just I just don't see it. Now, I, I think the path to win, it, you know, turnovers, like we said earlier this week, is the great equalizer in any somewhat competitive situation. Uh, supposedly, the Saints are getting some healthy bodies back. Again, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm so over-the-top disgusted with the injury situation for the Saints. It's been that way for three years now. I just can't take it anymore. I'm just, you know, I I just assume that everyone who has a chance of being out is going to be out. That's kind of my baseline. Like, I'll believe, if they're going to play, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, supposedly, you know, that's day one practiced. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. That's all I'm going to say on the whole injuries thing. I'm just over the top, so frustrated and and I'm almost numb to it now. It's like, I know we're going to have half a football team, so let's just go put the half a football team out there and let's hope something good happens. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous, the injury situation. Three years running with this team. But um, as far as a to your question, Ralph, the path to victory, I think it's going to take at least plus three. I, I think it's going to take some scoring. Uh, it's going to take some turnovers. It's going to take some scoring, punt return, scoop and score. And it's going to take some non-offensive touchdowns, at least one, maybe two, and, and, and a plus three. I think this is a total physical mismatch. Uh, the Saints do, could not stop the Rams from running the football, and the Rams are a horrendous running team. Uh, they couldn't stop the Steelers from running the football, and not a good running team. This is arguably the best running team in football. And they know how to run it. I, I just, I just think it's a total mismatch. I think they're going to need a non-offensive touchdown, at least one, if not two, and they're going to take at least a plus three. I think it would take that for them to win this game. And I, I hope they prove me wrong, but I don't, I don't see it. I think this is as big a mismatch other than playing the Eagles in Philly, which is 
always been a mis a, a mismatch, at least in recent years. But uh, I I I think it's I'm surprised the spread's just nine. I'd make it about seventeen. We'll take a timeout. And we'll come back, finish out today and this week's programming next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, Mudcat Whiskers, AcadianaDeals.com. You can get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15. That's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, to do so, it's real easy. Go to AcadianaDeals.com today, and you can get a $30 voucher uh, to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. Again, a men's grooming store and if you've got you know a dad a boyfriend a brother an uncle anybody man in your life that needs some help there great gift stocking stuffer whatever you want to do and you can get that at acadianadeals.com all right so again we've got lots of high school football uh tonight we have 11 teams in the acadiana area and last week i was going to between 11, I think there would be 11 winners or 12 winners, and I was going back and forth, and I kind of, more team, local teams won week one, so I said, you know, maybe I'm kind of underrating them a, this area a little bit. And so I went with 12, turned out it was 11. And so this week, got 11 teams playing. Uh, I believe seven of them are at home, four on the road. I said uh, I went through it, and the way I normally do it is I said, okay, these are the ones that I'm pretty sure are going to win. These are the ones I'm really pretty sure are going to lose probably. And then I got three or four or five in the middle, and you just kind of didn't know. And so um, I've been waffling back and forth between six wins or seven wins. And last week I went on the – plus side and it turned out it was the bottom side and so this week I'm going to try the bottom side I'm going to say six winners from the Acadiana area that are going to make it to the semifinals we'll see I mean you've got pretty big underdogs at home which is tricky because you're at home you're a pretty big underdog but you're at home like Brobridge is a 28 seed hosting four seed North DeSoto you've got North Vermillion a 23 seed hosting a two seed in West Feliciana um, then you've got, you know, some teams that are at home that are pretty high seed, like Notre Dame's a three seed, Turning's a two seed, STM's a one seed. Then you've got Karen Crow, like we talked to Coach Corville earlier. Karen Crow's a dangerous team. They don't, they haven't played a lot of defense at times this year, but they can really run it. They can really throw it. I mean, they have the ability to score a lot of points. You get one of these wild games, and, and kind of turnovers t- tend to and how well you take advantage of turnovers that you get tend to um, dictate the winner of those games. And, and in Warren Easton and Karen Crow, you have two offenses that are plenty capable of turning over um, and of taking advantage of turnovers, so we'll see how you go. You know, one of the more interesting games might be Lafayette Christian, a six seed at De La Salle. We talked about playing up or down. We're, we're, LCA's playing up two spots to play 4A ball, and they're playing a 3A team in De La Salle, so that'll be – an, uh, really an interesting matchup. And that OC matchup tonight at Ascension Catholic, I think, is a, a very difficult one to see what's going to happen. So we'll see if it's six or seven or some other number. And then hopefully the Saints can pull off a miracle. Not expecting that. Y'all have a nice, safe weekend.